Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying Increase of Our Reality, I'd really appreciate it if you could drop a review or a rating and I'll give you a shout out on the show. While you're at it, come join the Telegram group and follow the show on Instagram and across social media. If you'd like to support the show, check me out over on Patreon for early access to Increase of Our Reality and Big Dumb Inquiries which is the Swapcast show I co-host with Kyle Rainey of the Big Dumb Podcast. If you want to help me out to upgrade my equipment and pump out even more awesome content for you guys, come donate over on Anchor. And last but not least, if anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, sponsoring the show, has a topic they want covered, or you feel you have something to contribute to the show, send me an email at increaseofallrealitypodcast at outlook.com. All the links I mentioned are in the show description. Just tap or click the Linktree link to be directed. Thanks, everyone. I appreciate you, and I couldn't be doing this without you. Now enjoy the show. The reality we live in can be a very strange place, most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. everyone, and welcome to the 13th episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. I'm your host, Shane. With me today, I have Tina Anderson from Phantom Paranormal. She is a lead investigator and the founder. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming on the show today. No problem. So to get started, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and a little bit about Phantom Paranormal? Well, Phantom Paranormal is a a paranormal investigating group. Um, There's just two of us right now, me and my assistant, Matt. We go around to different locations, residential, business, warehouse, farms, basically anywhere. We've gone to cemeteries, just really any location. And we do investigations using all kinds of different equipment, including night vision cameras, EMF readers, EVP recorders, I have a Paravox, which is equivalent to a Obulus, 
and uh, other equipment as well. And we uh, do investigations to find out what's going on on our property, if people are having issues, um, stuff like that. Uh, do you specifically do investigations on uh, like paranormal or do you also do stuff on like cryptids and other types of creatures? Um, it depends on the situation at hand. Um, we usually talk to the client and ask them what's going on. And um, sometimes they, you know, tell me, hey, we've got an issue with like animal noises. Um, we can't figure out what it is. There's no animal there. Can you help us out? Um, I had one lady tell me that she had a uh, doll that uh, was having spirits come through through it. And so I had to go over there and I had to uh, communicate with the doll using a spirit board, a Ouija board, and uh, other ways of communicating, including the Paravox and uh, Spectrum board. And uh, so it's, it's quite interesting, the different forces and entities that you can uh, communicate with. Um, a while back, there was a, a, another entity that I came across, which uh, if we have time, I will try to play it for you if it will cooperate with me this time over the podcast. I'm hoping it will. But it was uh, pretty pretty interesting. <laughs> interesting to hear when you don't hear anything when you're there and then you play it back to go through editing and documentation for the client and you're like, holy crap. So if it doesn't happen to play too, if you uh, send me the sound file, I can always add it into the podcast, of course, too. Okay, yeah, that would be great because it's amazing what you find, what you don't hear in real life. And then you play back all the documentation. You're like, whoa, I didn't see that when I was there. Or, whoa, I didn't hear that when I was there. It's crazy how much stuff you end up picking up once you uh, go home and you go back over your stuff. I've had one other paranormal investigator come on and he said a lot of his craziest things that he's seen and experienced are actually recorded and then he doesn't notice them until way later on. Yeah, it's it's amazing, really. It's very fascinating. So I guess before we get too, too deep into it, uh, what exactly got you into researching these types of topics? Well, growing up, I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah, actually. And um, my grandparents' house, well, my great-grandma, um, uh, gave her house, you know, my grandparents inherited it. And my sister when she was younger, she was always talking into a mirror that was down there in the basement. And it was like another apartment down there. And she was always talking in this mirror. And I was so young. I was like, Oh, whatever, you know, but as I got older, like things were just not right. Like I could feel that things just weren't right in that house. And as I got older, I could feel that there were spirits there. And I started getting more and more interested in it. And then I started feel like you could tell they were there. They were trying to communicate with me just like they were with my sister. She can sense them as well. So I started studying them and watching paranormal stuff at a young age, probably about middle school is when I mostly started getting more interested in it and started reading more about it. High school, I got way more into it, and 
Um, it just really fascinates me. And it's amazing to read about it and try to understand what you're, you know, going after. So when I started studying it more in high school, my parents had bought me some devices. So I go to like cemeteries or, you know, abandoned houses with a couple of my friends here and there, you know, and then after high school, I kind of just gave it up for a little bit. And then I tried to start my own company and then gave up before. And I was just young and gave it up, but still interested in it. And then I got, you know, would do it word of mouth. And now I just, just really into it. And it's just something I've always wanted to do. It just fascinates me. It's amazing. Coming on these podcasts, hopefully it'll help you expand your range a little bit more because I have a few other friends that I'm sure would love to have you on their show and help you get a little bit more uh, more people sending cases your way. Yeah, that would be great. But uh, let's start with uh, what what would you say is your is your most recent case with the most evidence? Um, probably my old assistant's apartment, actually. Um. She okay. They we lived in the same apartment building, and I had moved there first. And I could tell, you know, something was off in those apartments. And I could see like when everyone would go to bed, I'd stay up later sometimes, and I'd see like shadow figures. And a couple years after we moved there, you know, she had moved in prior, like probably a month after us and her daughter would not sleep in her own bedroom. She refused. She would not sleep in there. And we're like, okay, something's going on. She won't go in her room by herself. She won't go in the bathroom by herself. So seven years pass and this little girl still won't sleep in her room. So I had gotten all my new equipment. I reordered everything, got all the equipment got doubles of things and hired her as my assistant. And then she's like, well, Violet still won't sleep in her room. Do you think, you know, something's here? I was like, I know there's something here. Toys started going off by themselves after I started talking about it. And so we decided to do an investigation. We went in and started probably at about I want to say nine o'clock our time, which is 10 o'clock your time. And she went in her room and started her room while I did the rest of the house. Well, she did her son's room too, but they were two small rooms and I did the rest of the apartment. But when I lived there, I used to see a little girl, probably about five, six years old. So when I was doing her little girl's room, I did an SLS cam and there is a little girl like sitting in the corner and I'm like, oh no, I knew I seen a little girl. I was like, I could feel her, you know? Mm -hmm. So I do an SLS cam around the rest of the room and I open the closet and there's this tall figure just standing hunched over in the closet like it's not tall enough to stand in the closet so it's like hunched over is it kind of like a shadow people type figure yeah 
So I'm like, okay, um, hmm. So he's not moving or anything. He's just standing there, not hurting anyone, just standing there, not moving, just watching. I'm like, okay, I'll just let him stand there, watch. He's not hurting anyone. I'm like, okay, I'll move on. And then the toys start going off. I'm like, okay, this is creepy, <laughs> but I love it. It's awesome. It's fascinating how they can make things go off. So I decided to put my motion censored ball on the floor about a foot away from the wall, the corner, like the room, you know, in the corner of the room, mm-hmm. diagonal from the wall, about a foot away. And I started talking about the toys. And I pointed my night vision camera at the toys and I'm like, um, these are the, this is the toy that keeps going off. The one that's sideways. I was like, and then I pointed at the other one. I was like, this is the creepy toy that keeps going off. And then when I replayed the, um, footage, you hear me talking about the toy that went off that was sideways. And then you hear breathing like, and then all of a sudden you hear me say, oh, that toy is creepy. And then you hear, yeah. And I was like, whoa, when I heard that. But when I turn around, that ball that's supposed to light up when it moves was another foot away from the corner. It was now two feet away from the corner, but it never lit up. Almost makes you wonder what kind of presence it is that it has the ability to move something without actually making the sensors go off in it. Because I'm sure it's it obviously has the ability to mess with electronic devices. Yeah. So I'm sure it has that ability too, as far as this device goes. Yeah, so I got the SLS cam out again, which for some reason would not record. It would not record or take pictures, which is odd because it always works for me. And I put it up towards the shelf, pointed up at the shelf, and there is a figure crotched down sitting on the shelf. And I'm like, what is that? Because it, it wasn't human, but it wasn't like an animal either. How would you uh, describe so it in detail if you were trying to describe what it visually looked like? Honestly, it was malevolent. Malevolent. Definitely. Definitely. It's like a some small little creature of, sitting on the shelf? Yeah. Some sort of I hate, I hate to use this word, but some sort of malevolent demon, I would say. Hmm. And I, I have a new, yeah, I would have to say. So I've always heard, I've heard he, a lot of stuff about demons, not necessarily like we perceive them as being evil, but they may not necessarily have evil intentions. It's more so like a, like a yeah. type of creature rather than defining like yes, what they exactly. believe in. See, that's why I hate to use that word. Exactly. That's why I I hate using that word because other people perceive it as a certain thing and it's not always that certain thing that people perceive it to be. Yeah. I mean, spirits kind of go both ways on that too. Cause uh, I mean, as far as like concepts of magic and stuff like that go, um, a lot of things aren't necessarily like I was saying, good or evil. It's kind of all about the intention behind the creature or the object or whatever it is. Yeah. Because, um, when we were in her living room, um, we could feel a lot of energy in there. And we were just sitting in silence talking. Like, I just had the camera on, sitting on the table. 
and we were just sitting in the dark talking, just girl talk, you know, just talking and there's a camera rolling and it was just dark. I didn't have the night vision camera on. It was just on dark. And when I replayed it at home, I was like, oh, there's not going to be anything because it's just dark. And all of a sudden you see a green anomaly. How would you uh, describe the green anomaly? Well, it was bright green. And it went really fast to the right or to the left and then all of a sudden to the right. Sorry. I know a lot of people don't like using the term orbs, but uh, would you describe it as kind of like an orb type? Mm, Kind of. A little faster than a regular orb. Gotcha. It's an... Most investigators, I think, would normally call it an anomaly because it's a lot faster. But, I mean, yeah, it could be considered an orb, definitely. What what happened after that? Um. Well, we just went back to investigating. I did the rest of her daughter's room. I did an EF, EMF reader, and it was very high. It was in the 30s, 40s, and uh, the top meter because you know it has a meter that can go up to like three four hundred it went all the way up to like 200 on the top and like 40 50 on the bottom 50.4 it was just crazy high energy in her daughter's room and that was the most active room in the entire house and then we went into the bathroom where her daughter also wouldn't go by Uh herself and there was something crouched next to the toilet as well. Was it kind of the same thing that was on the shelf, or was it a different thing? It was different. Different. Very skinny. Very skinny. You said it was crouched so down. It was just, yeah, it was crouched down next to the toilet, between the toilet and the shower. Did it seem like it was almost trying to like hide, or did it seem like it was trying to get your guys' attention? Get our attention. So like because when we pointed the SLS cam on it, it hurried and like moved to the other side of the room. Were you able to see it only through the camera, or were you able to see it also like visually with your eyes? Just in, just with the camera. Gotcha. The only one I was able to see with my own eyes was the one in the camera, or I could see with the camera and without was the one really tall in the closet, hunched over. And then Rachel. My old assistant, she was in her bedroom. (laughs) This makes me laugh every time. She was in her bedroom and she put the motion sensor all down and she was talking, you know, with the night vision camera on. And she was talking and she was kind of antagonizing the spirit and uh, had her SLS cam on, and for some reason, they were just not letting us record with the SLS cam that day. And all of a sudden, the light starts going off, and she starts like freaking out. And all of a sudden, she starts getting scared, and it shuts off her night vision camera and erases everything. <laughs> I'm like, "Are you kidding me right now?" And she goes running out of the room. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, you can't antagonize them and then get scared <laughs> and run out of the room. They're going to pick on you. <laughs> They're going to feed off that it energy so and keep following you. <laughs> yep. Yep. And for the rest of the night, they were just, oh, man, she got picked on all night long. Did it, and, of uh, course, I had to giggle, you know. 
did it end up uh like going away or did it is it still like a presence that's still well, there? I had to um cleanse her apartment, which I'm able to do as well. So I cleansed her apartment and did some protection on the properties, you know, her area of the property. And uh the spirits or entities however you want to put it some people put it one way some people put it the other um they were very strong very potent so i ended up having to get a different kind of stage and different way of doing it so i re-investigated parts of the house and ended up re-cleansing it and Next time I went in there, her daughter was sleeping in her bedroom, going in the bathroom, watching TV and playing in her bedroom. And everything was just calm. So everything's all kosher over there. (laughs) (laughs) It's always awesome when a story ends up having uh, a conclusion to it, because I feel like a lot of the paranormal research, uh, you get a lot of information on a particular location, but a lot of the time people have an issue with uh, making the presence leave the location. Yeah, Um, well, I've been studying and been involved in it for a long time. I'm almost 37 years old, and I've been studying it since I was like 9, 10 years old. So I've been doing this a long time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So um, I know you're referencing a story a little bit earlier that you said you wanted to share. Would you like to get into that story? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I was sitting in a friend of mine's closet. And I was just sitting in there, and I told her, I was like, well, just sit in here. I feel like there's there's presence here. I was like, so just sit in here quietly. I was like, and uh, I was like, just listen. And she's like, okay. I was like, okay, if you don't hear anything, <laughs> I was like, let me know. <laughs> she was like, okay. And she didn't hear anything. But when I played it back... She was very not happy with me. <laughs> but I'm Is this the recording that you were talking it. about? Yes. I call it, that's insane, because that's how I felt when I listened to it. So I'm going to try to play it for you. Say if it doesn't fully play right, if you send me the file too, I'll, I'll add it into this part. Did you hear that? I could hear it, but I couldn't quite make out what it was saying. Okay, he goes, I'm the activity. And then at the end, another spirit says, what I say. (laughs) Like he's telling him not to talk, but he's talking anyways. But I'll send you the link. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll definitely add that into the show so everybody can hear it clearly. Yeah, I'll send you the link right when we get off here. But, yeah, she was just sitting in silence and... I said that. Then anything ended up happening afterwards? Um, well, we ended up having a stage, but did it end up uh, leaving after that, or is there still a lingering yeah. of the presence? Yeah, it it's still lingering. See, I'm wondering if it's a little bit something deeper. If you heard two voices, like it might be something with like the location. Yeah, it's definitely it's a location, but it's private property, so there's nothing I can really do about it at this time. So
So. Guess you got to wait till there's more activity happening there, and then maybe they'll call you back to uh, continue working on it. <laughs> yeah, there's just too many people living on the property. Is it like a it's like an a, apartment complex? Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. What kind of a kind of an, a property it was? Yeah. Is there anything uh, that you know that may have been in that location, like a like a burial site or anything like that, or any like crimes or anything that you know of that happened in that area? Um, not that I know of. But it is right next to a police department. Yeah, so that might, that might be a link of bad energy because you, we all know what kind of people end up going through police departments, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Re- it could be residual, too. So, I mean, something that could have happened a very long time ago could be there. So who That's knows? what I end up gearing towards is that, or it ends up being like something has to do with like people will find Native American artifacts in that area, and then you can't quite get yeah. a full explanation of what happened, but you kind of have an idea that it might be linked to something very, like yeah. a very long time ago. And it happened in Delvin, Wisconsin, southeastern Wisconsin. So, and that's where the, I think it's the Circus Circus or whatever was born here, barned and something. I don't know. Some circus started here. And like I said, I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah, so I'm not exactly sure which one. <laughs> that sounds bad <laughs> <laughs> no worries at all um is there any other areas that you've uh investigated besides like wisconsin area no no just stay in there wisconsin no, um sure. uh you're referencing that you had a story a little bit earlier about about a doll oh yeah she uh called me and said that her uh mom's doll or a lady gave her a doll at a rummage sale and supposedly some spirits were coming through. What type of doll was it, if you don't mind me asking? Porcelain. Porcelain doll? So I feel like yeah. it's a lot of stuff linked to porcelain dolls and then the Raggedy Ann, Raggedy Andy dolls. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> so we got to do some more investigating on that one. She Is wants there... to know exactly what they want. What have they, they what have won't. they said that you know of? Um well one is her mom. So that's interesting. <laughs> Almost makes you wonder if it's more of like an antenna rather than like one specific spirit or entity. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard to get into cuz you're not exactly sure because different things come through. Or if it almost might be so something attached to it and a family member is there trying to protect that person that owns the doll? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And then at that so, point, it's like almost like using it as an antenna for both of them because yeah. it would be two two spirits trying to use that porcelain doll in order to manifest themselves. Control and manifest, yeah. Yeah, so you got to be careful when you do that too because you got to use different ways of communicating with them because you can't really communicate with them the way you do regular spirits and regular entities half the time. Cause it's not like you can just, you know, pull out and an EVP and be like, talk to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can, but half the time it doesn't work because they don't talk on command. What types of methods do you normally use for uh, communicating? Um, well, it really depends. Um, I've got a couple EVP readers or recorders, and then I've got the uh, Paravox. I've got pendulum boards. I've got uh, spirit boards. I've got a spirit box. 
I mean, I've I've really got pretty much all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Trigger objects. <laughs> Do you mind uh, describing some of the equipment that you use the most, just for people that don't aren't familiar with this type of stuff? Yeah, the Parabox is a word dictionary where the spirits can use their energy and stuff to pick out words out of it's like a dictionary they could pick the words that they want to use and it pops up on a word database so say for instance I talk to my mom through it sometimes she'll come through like when I go over there or if she's with me here like I could feel her sometimes I'll smell her and I'll turn it on like where she's from Utah and sometimes it'll say Utah. And then if I'm talking to like my father-in-law, he'll say like my mother-in-law's name, which is Verna. And I know for a fact that's not in the dictionary and it'll say Verna. And so it'll say like different words. Um, so basically it's just like a dictionary database that the spirits can use to choose words to communicate with you. And then an EMF reader is a digital reader that will, the one I use anyways, that will read magnetic fields, electric magnetic fields around you and static magnetic fields around you to tell how much energy and all that is around you, static electricity and all that stuff. Um, Usually if it's on the higher side, it, shows you that there's most likely a spirit around you would that show up as like a visual reading then yeah i have um digital readings yes gotcha. i didn't know if it was that or more like a like a sonar sound where it makes like a different sound if something's close um the emf reader i have lights up and beeps and then the parabox actually speaks the word and then shows it and then it shows you the last four. So it'll say the word and show the word that it's speaking. And then it'll show the last three as well. Gotcha. And then the EMF reader will show you both the numbers. And then if it's too high, if it's high, it'll blink red. And if it's on the good side, it'll be blue. I'm assuming the good side would be meaning that there's no spirits around. Right. That it's at a good level. Everything's where it should be. And then I have like the spirit box, which is you turn it on. It's kind of like a, uh, I guess you would say like a AM FM radio type thing. And you scan through and uh, get on a thing that you, you sweep through it and spirits can uh, communicate and use their energy and your energy to um, speak through who you want it using a speaker and the energy. Say, I've heard of people using a method where uh, they will like put on a hoodie backwards and cover up their face and they'll use, be a little bit more in tune with hearing and they'll scan through those radios and pick up on sounds. Have you guys tried that method personally? Actually, I, (laughs) I'm able to just close my eyes and do it. So I haven't tried the hoodie thing, but Maybe I'll have Matt do that. <laughs> so it seems like you have more of like the medium connection. The other researcher that I was talking to before, he said that uh, he he picks up on some stuff, but he's not as much into the medium side of stuff. So that's usually the method that he uses. And he said he's had some very intense experiences doing that, him and his couple people on his team. 
Yeah, I I just have to like close my eyes because I just yeah, that's just how I am. I don't have to hide my face or anything. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of silly. I, um, I believe it's more so just so that you uh you block out other senses, so you're a little bit more like in tune, and you kind of pick up on noises kind of faded into the background. But from what he was describing too, it's almost like giving them more of your attention so that they're more willing to talk to you if you know you don't have the ability uh, to pick up on what they're trying to tell you already. Yeah, maybe it's because I'm just more in tune, I guess. Yeah, especially I having think... experiences since you were a kid too. Um, I usually like to believe that a lot of people are almost like a totem themselves where if they pick up on the on the certain energies, you'll have a lot of things that tend to try to show themselves to you, almost as like a trying to figure out if you can hear them slash see them. Yeah, yeah, they. I'm pretty sure they know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you uh, have any recent uh, things that you're currently working on as far as uh, inve- open investigations? Well, we're gonna be. Um, I'm working with the mayor of Delvin to do a haunted tour. And uh, working with different places around here, I'm hoping to get some more investigations around here or Illinois, you know, just around to get more exposure, more clientele. Oh, of course. And like I said, I'll uh, definitely put your links in and everything so that everybody can contact you if they happen to be in your area. Um, hopefully it'll help yeah. you out a little bit and get you get you a few more people because I, I happened to find you found you on Reddit seeing that you were trying to post and I figured I could uh you know help us both out a little bit I get to talk to a very interesting person and maybe I can get your guys name out there a little bit more yeah that's awesome yeah we have a lot of fun doing what we do it's very fascinating just running into the things we run into do you have any other I think uh, cemetery I think cemeteries are the funnest things to do though because there's so much coming at you <laughs> what's uh what's your most intense experiences as far as cemeteries go um just the fact of being in a cemetery at night by yourself (laughs) (laughs) say that's already a scary feeling right off the bat (laughs) it's a little creepy but you know they they mostly come out between like i want to say 1 30 and four o'clock so which is ours usually is like three and four so they're the most active between them and Basically, anywhere that's truly, truly got activity between three and four is intense. It could be intense. Do you have any personal experiences with this time? Um, Yeah, definitely when uh, we did my mom's, when I stayed the night over there. Uh, it was right before she passed away. And uh, we had her lights were flickering and... We had both woken up at the same time, and my mom's like, bust out your equipment. (laughs) (laughs) And we always woke, she always woke up at the same time, and it was like 4.44 in the morning. She's like, or it was like three something, and then by the time we were done, it was 4.44, sorry. And uh, it was just crazy. Her lights were flickering, and we heard breathing in the EVP recorder, and it was just crazy. It was crazy. And then, like, two months later, she passed away. So it was kind of intense. She was on her deathbed already, so it it was very intense investigation. I was going to say, if, if somebody's close to, to that point, too, um, it seems like there's more of, like, a pull and, like, a connection, almost like they can communicate on both sides when they're close. Um, and then it yeah. also seems like there's a lot of things that start coming towards 
when they start getting close. Like I've heard a lot of stories about people that are, that are getting close uh, where they can see these things all around them. And it's very solid and very, very vivid. And they, you know, they'll start having conversations and stuff with them and people assume that they're going crazy. But um, as far as I'm concerned, I believe that they're starting to connect into that world so they can start to see it. So it's almost like that. I hate using this term, but like one foot in the grave kind of a concept where you can kind of connect with both sides at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, pretty traumatic. So it definitely, she has always wanted me to push through with this. So she's probably very, very happy right now. (laughs) And I'm sure she feels comfort in knowing that if you are into this kind of stuff that you would have a method of being able to communicate with her too. So probably was, was a lot of good closure for her to know that you were into these yeah. types of things too. So maybe she can make a connection with you and be able to tell you, you know, what, what there is exactly that she's seeing from the other side. Yeah. I know she communicated when we did my dad's house, when I took my para box over there to show him what it was. And she was talking to him cause she said Utah and then she said his name and stuff. And my dad was like, that kind of freaked me out. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, it's fascinating, isn't it? He's like, yeah. I was like, wow. Did your it's dad funny to show the older... Huh? I'm sorry. Uh, did, your, did your dad believe in this stuff prior to this experience? He was more of a skeptic, and so was my brother, but now they're not. <laughs> so it all takes is one After experience. I brought my... Yeah, all I had to do was take my stuff over there, and now they believe in what I do. Do you have any other uh, interesting experiences that you would like to share? Um, Not at this time, but I'd love to come back on your podcast at a later date after I do a couple more investigations. Oh yeah. I'd it's definitely love to have you back here, on. Okay. Yeah. I'll uh, get a hold of you through email and let you know what's going on. I'm supposed to get a hold of a Dancing Horse Theater and the mayor and a cemetery. So maybe after I do a couple more investigations, I can get a hold of you and let you know what's going on. Oh, yeah, I definitely appreciate that. So I guess uh, we'll start wrapping it up a little bit. Um, if anybody was trying to contact you uh, in order to do an investigation, uh, where would they find you exactly? Well, they can find me at my Phantom Paranormal phone number at 262 379 four nine eight zero or they can email me at tina t-i-n-a phantom paranormal at yahoo.com or they can find my group on facebook phantom paranormal or they can find me on facebook tina anderson perfect and i'll of course add all the links down at the bottom if anybody didn't catch those so at least you can uh visually look them up and then you can email her of course um, before we get going, one thing I usually like to uh, ask everybody before they go is if there's anybody that's experiencing these things or anybody that uh, doesn't quite know how to get some help with, with these types of topics, uh, what, what's the best words of wisdom you could give those types of people? Well, just reach out. Even if you just have questions, just reach out. It's all you can do. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's it happens. Life happens. Even life after death happens. Definitely would love to have you back on at some point. Uh, whenever you happen to do these other investigations, uh, yeah, shoot me an email and I'd definitely love to have you back on. This has been Inquiries of Our Reality. I'm your host, Shane. Today you've talked to Tina Anderson from Phantom Paranormal, lead investigator and founder. 
Wherever you are out there, have a great night. Thank you, everybody. Mealtime inspiration. It's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.